Today, we're going to ask the question, are stocks completely useless? Hopefully, we're going to provide somewhat of an answer to that question. But before we ask it, we have to look at something big that's happened lately in the crude oil market. Now, as many of you probably know, optimism has seeped into mainstream commentary and consciousness. A lot of optimism, really. There's talk about this no landing scenario in the economy because some of the recent data points, they didn't crash. And not only did they not crash, some of them looked downright good. We had the January payroll report, of course, which was plus 500,000, big one. Retail sales, which is up almost 3%. That's another big one. The CPI was a little hot. Then today we get the PCE deflator, which was a little hot. And a number of other things. What was it? S&P Global's uh, services number came on top of, of plus 50. So we've got the economy looking hot, yet it's not using oil. And it's not using oil in a way we haven't seen except for one comparison, which is not what you would associate with an economy that looks good. Over the last seven weeks or the first seven weeks of this year, according to the U.S. government's Energy, Administration, Energy Information Administration, the amount of oil that has shown up in domestic storage is almost 59 million barrels. Now, 59 million barrels sounds big, but how big is it? In any seven-week period, comparable period, that has only happened one other time. Well, comparable two other times, but only more once. And that was March, April, and the very first part of May 2020. When the entire country was locked down, nobody was doing anything, we had about 78 million barrels go into storage. So historically speaking, what we're seeing over the first first seven weeks of 2023 has only happened on really two other occasions. And one of them was when the country was locked down. And the other was early 2015, when overseas economies were crashing. Many emerging markets ended up in depression. China slowed way down. They were afraid of a hard landing. So the oil market is not something that you would associate with a hot economy, a no landing scenario. So we're, we're going to try to make sense of this and how it all fits in with the stock market. And I'm going to bring in my good friend, Stephen Van Meter, and we're going to throw a bunch of stuff out there and see if we can't make sense of all of this conflicting data. Is it really conflicting, Steve? Jeff, there's always conflicting data. There's, I mean, nothing's going to go in a straight line. I mean, and if you think everything's going down, even in the worst of times, you can find something good. Now, it doesn't mean it, it could be a one-off month print. You don't know. I mean, new home sales today were up a bunch, and that could just be a blip in a, a bigger trend lower. But let's talk about energy, because I think it's really important that people understand the value of what energy means. You know, when we talk about the macro economy, we talk about economies growing. What economies need is access to large amounts of cheap energy. And you need a ton of it because as energy feeds into the economy, it says it's growing. So when we see prices of energy rising, so what one thing we love to look at is crude oil because we get great data from this every week. And that's what's really wonderful. It's not you know usually some overly massage government data. We usually have reasonably accurate information here. So if the economy was booming, Right, Jeff, we've talked about this China reopening that was supposed to just suck up massive amounts of global energy. What we should see today is not inventories building, but we should maybe even see panic about, hey, inventory levels are low because we already drew down the strategic petroleum reserve. We're pumping this thing like crazy. And yet 
we don't have enough energy that should send prices higher, lead to more inflation. And then shockingly, as you just mentioned, we see this massive you know, seven week period where there's this huge build. And when we're done with the show, and Jeff, I actually left the house. I know this is something people would be surprised that you and I occasionally leave our caves to go out into the real world. But I went out this morning briefly. I did not see the economy shut down. I'm going to go check on that again later just to make sure. But this is really important because if indeed what we're seeing in the inventory data is correct, and we are perhaps facing not what is a third or fourth quarter recession. Jeff, I'm going to fast forward this to say we might be there in the second quarter. Where is the oil coming from? That's what I want to know, because as you know, Steve, and as most people watching this already know, we've been supply constrained for several years. In fact, that is the biggest single factor or has been the biggest single factor behind the oil market behind what we see in oil price. And as you know, Steve, and as most people watching the show also know, oil prices are the single biggest contributor to consumer prices and CPI indexes. So understanding what's going on in the oil market also tells us something about where CPIs are not today, but where they're going to be tomorrow. And so the question has to be, this is a massive build in crude oil. Where is it coming from? Now, one possibility is that it's a mirage, that the government's data is wrong, which I don't think that's likely at all. Maybe it's maybe there's some some uh, room for a margin for error, but it's not going to be all that big. And because this is near historic crude build, we're almost perfectly assured that there is a large build of actual crude somewhere. Even if we're not sure exactly how much, we are absolutely assured that it is happening and it is it is enormous. And because it's happening and because it's enormous and because supplies are still constrained, where is this oil coming from? As Steve just mentioned, China is supposed to be reopening here. So there is supposed to be this massive sucking of oil over to that side of the Pacific, which you would think would lead domestic producers and overseas producers to scavenge every last spare barrel that they can find to send over to Beijing. Where is this oil in the United States coming from? So it only, I mean, we're really left with only one possibility here. And it's a couple, it's a two-part possibility. The one part is China reopening is not leading to a surge in demand like everyone had hoped. And more than that, though, because this is domestic crude oil, it may be that the U.S. economy is in much worse shape than we thought it was. And that we're not using nearly as much oil as we, as we had all hoped here, too. So... This is a demand story. And if we're answering the question where oil is coming from, it's coming from us not using what limited supply is available. Jeff, exactly right. This is a demand story, you know, because if we're just looking at government data, I mean, whether it's a CBI or some other lagged indicator, it's not going to reflect near real time data. Now, this isn't a knock on the government that that's not what they're designed to do. They're not intending to be like an Amazon and say, look, we can give you sales down to the minute of what's going on. We, we don't expect that from the government at all. But what oil is telling us is, hey, wait a minute. This demand view that we just saw, as you mentioned, in retail sales or maybe even the preliminary services PMI, which I have a hunch is going to be changing, you know, maybe by the end of the month or early in the next month. But the manufacturing data, you know, we look at the manu preliminary manufacturing data. Now, it wasn't down a lot, but it was still down some. So it's telling us, you know, where this economy is going. But if we're seeing this crash in crude oil, 
And I want everyone who's watching this, if you're not watching the weekly inventory reports, well, maybe now's a good time to start doing it. Because if we see builds next week, week after that, week after that, this isn't a case of some soft landing. You could throw that right out the window because the second half story is going to be downright ugly. Because I think, Jeff, if this is a case, demand is crashing, hard landing comes into play. And the Fed, of course, as we've been riffing on for, well, since we started doing this show, um, they're going to be completely reversing their policy soon. Yeah, let's also make clear here that it's not just the government's weekly inventory data. Now, that's, that's, that's just giving us color behind what we suspect has been happening all along. Steve and I, we've talked about this on this show before, going back to last year. In fact, the very first time this happened, when the WTI futures curve went into contango. So we were warned by the market to prepare for this very scenario. Now, the fact that the curve went into just a tiny little bit of contango was itself an enormous warning. Because again, with the supplies as constrained as they are, as with inventories back in November, December, as low as they were, the fact that there was even the minor amount of contango, the fact that the curve wasn't very steeply in backwardation, that was a warning that something big was going on. And then lo and behold, anticipating this very scenario, the government shows us in its weekly data, maybe that it was as big a deal as we thought it was because that minus that moderate amount of contango, which, which was for us a huge warning, showed up in the government weekly uh, crude data. So that you know leads us into a bunch of other discussions, including not just about the Fed and how the Fed's interpreting it, but as Steve said, what is the real economic fundamentals? And so what do we use to rely on to really put all of these things together? So we see the crude oil market and then the data looks together. That gives us something about that has to be about global demand as well as U.S. demand. So can we look at something like, say, Steve, the stock market? Does the stock market help us in analyzing and understanding the macroeconomic circumstances? Well, the macro economy, no, I, I would say it's one of the probably the worst indicators in terms of where, the, I, you know, I, Jeff, I'll say this. I think coming out of recessions, it, it does get, give you some leading indicator going into recessions. It's one of the last things you would look at because it's always a like, oh, hey, we're going we're going down. Oh, all right. Well, I'm coming. And but oil, you know, what's interesting to me, Jeff, is, you know, when I overlay on a chart, I look at crude oil against the stock market. And crude oil tends to get the picture that we're headed down. The economy is slowing down way quicker than the market ever does. And so we see right now, at least there's this hope that the market's going to turn around and rally from here. And it very well may. It may go up in the short term. But if crude oil continues to go down, whatever big rally may come is going to be sharply reversed. My biggest beef with stocks is that stocks... Everybody thinks, and even the Fed thinks that everybody thinks, that stocks are the best discounting mechanism for economic and financial information. When that, you look at the, the, the uh, charts of the stock market, the history of the stock market, to me, what stocks show you is only what the Fed is doing. The stocks perform in accordance with the idea of the punch bowl. So if the Fed announces a QE, then we would expect stocks to go up rather than say, why is the Fed doing a QE? Because that doesn't sound good at all. Must be not something bad. I mean, that's the reaction I had way back in 2010 when the Fed did the second QE or announced the second QE. Ben Bernanke hinted at it at, at, at Jackson Hole in August of 2010. I said, aha, QE didn't work. And they just admitted it. If you have to do it twice, it didn't work. 
I thought the stock market would be as a macroeconomic discounting factor saying, oh, same thing. QE didn't work. Time to sell. But the exact opposite happened. Stocks went flying upward and they have gone flying upward every time, almost in lockstep, not always, but almost in lockstep with whatever the Fed is doing. And if you look at the stock market and stock prices over the last couple of years, what, what are stocks telling you? They've gone up based on Jay Powell and QE and all the fiscal stimulus and whatnot. And then they started to come down as soon as the Fed's turned more hawkish. So again, to me, as a macroeconomic indicator, which is an important thing, stocks are beyond useless, except if they tell us something about what they think or what share prices are reflecting of what they think the Fed is going to be doing. So the question then, Jeff, is, is the market right now pricing in a soft landing and can't see, say, what crude oil is telling us, what the yield curve is telling us and some of these other indicators? You know, like you mentioned, we talked about on the show. I remember back when oil slipped just slightly in the contango, we told people, hey, look, don't don't get too excited about this. It could just be a very short term blip because the big picture says this shouldn't be happening. And lo and behold, well, it did predict what was coming. We didn't know at the time it was going to see this kind of bill. But, you know, so that's the question here. Is the market pricing in a fantasy outcome, in your opinion, or is it doing something else that it just hasn't figured out yet? Yeah, I, well, again, I think it starts from the, they take everything from the Federal Reserve. So when share prices peaked in 2021, that was right around the time the Fed started to turn hawkish, talking about, you know, tapering QE, getting into rate hikes, and then, it really started to go, these share prices started to go down as the Fed grew more and more hawkish, consistent with the idea that they're taking away the punch bowl, money printing, all that stuff. And then more recently, share prices this year, in direct opposition to what we see in the oil market, stocks have rallied. And they rallied as the idea of the Fed pivot came into view. And then they've, in the short run, they've gone back over and lower again because now we're back into rate hikes. So whether stocks are actually pricing a soft landing, I don't think anybody in the NYSE actually cares or knows because in the short run, it's correlated highly with perceptions about rate hikes or the Fed pivot. Now, the reason why the Fed is hiking rates or the reason why the Fed might pivot and then cut rates and go into QE again, that's beyond the current discounting in the in the stock market. Everybody is seems to be really hyper-focused on interest rate policy. Rates up, sell stocks. Rates down, buy stocks. Or even rates not going up further, buy stocks. I think it seems to be just that simple. You know, I want to bring up a point here because you talked about QE and QD. And you mentioned 2010, the market positive reaction, just a hint. And a little, little birdie's flying around. Maybe there's going to be some QE, you know, it's a little slip of Bernanke's tongue. And what did we hear going into rate hikes in QT? Oh, man, the liquidity is going to go away. Stocks are going to crash. There's no way. And I, I, I don't even know what we're doing with QT. Is it $60 billion a month? I don't even know because does anybody care anymore? Because you remember when everyone did care. Wait, well, we're going to be doing $10 billion, trillion a month, a billion a month of it? No way the market can't handle it. Now they could be doing a gazillion of it a month, and the market doesn't care. There's no headline news. There's no talk about it. So the thing about, you know, people said, hey, Steve, you know, QE causes stocks to go up. Well, if that's true, then please explain to me why QT is not causing stocks to crash. Because as far as I can tell, 
QTQE no does nothing for the market. And that's you know QT did nothing for the market back the last time back in 2017 into 2018. If you recall, throughout 2018, as the Fed was starting its QT, everything was more than fine in in uh, uh, in, in the stock market, even as. The global economy started slowing down and heading toward the recession of 2019. Financial markets and curves and oil told us the economy was in trouble. The stock market shrugged it all off, except for that little blip in late 2018. But 2019, back to the races again. And what did share prices do when the Fed ended QT and went back to QE or not QE in late 2019? More rallies. So... If you're looking at the stock market as anything more than a reflection of wide perception or mainstream perceptions of what they think the Fed is going to do in very general terms, because Steve is right, quantitative tightening or quantitative easing, the level of bank reserves and the Federal Reserve adjusting the level of bank reserves really, really doesn't matter. It's all about the psychology behind what people think the Fed is doing. And if the people think and the people in the stock market think the Fed is raising rates and that leads to tightening in the economy, they're going to be selling shares because that we've seen that over the last couple of years. And if they think the Fed is done raising rates and actually think the Fed might start cutting rates to pivot, they're going to be buying shares, at least in the short run, until it, be, until it dawns on everyone why the Fed might have stopped hiking rates and actually started cutting them again. So for now... We're looking at the stock market and share prices to tell us something about what the real economy is doing, and what the risks to inflation or the, what the risks to jobs and employment are. I think you're looking in the wrong place. You need to look at oil because we can actually correlate oil prices in an oil market with actual circumstances in the real economy. And they have been spot on. That's right, Jeff. You want to know where the manufacturing sector is going to go? Look at the weekly crude oil. If you, if you see inventories building, it's not because the manufacturing sector is using it. You want to see if the economy is going to expand? Look at the oil market. How about the jobs market? You know, you see declines in oil tend to lead initial claims data, which kind of makes me wonder because we've seen claims of these ultra low levels when they're going to pop. But, you know, and oil isn't the perfect thing. It doesn't always tell you where everything's going. But when you start to see trends building and particularly large trends, in this case, what we're seeing, it's an ominous sign for what's to come at some point. And again, we're not saying the market's going to follow it down, but the market certainly can rally. Can it make new highs? It certainly can. But if oil continues to fall, what we're or price falls and inventories bill, you're going to see the data start to reflect that. And then the stock market is going to have a moment where it realizes it's on the wrong side of this trade. And we've seen that before. In fact, as I seem to recall, it seems to what happens generally going into most recessions. Yeah, we look at the oil market as one, and you're right, it's never one thing, or you ever want to focus on one thing or another, but it's interesting how the oil curve moved into contango, which even just that little bit of contango was a huge red flag. At the same time, of course, all the other curves moved into even more inversions that they had been, so it wasn't one thing or another. And the markets even today, look at WTI, WTI prices, they're heading toward the lower part of the 70s, and contango is still there. In fact, yesterday or the day before, it had been contango all the way out to August. So as much storage, as much oil has been drawn into storage so far this year, the market is saying more is heading into storage over the months ahead, which 
We have to shake our head here and say that is completely the opposite of what we're hearing about how the economy's red hot, inflation's going to reignite, and all these other things, especially since CPIs are driven by oil prices. Oil prices, you would think that, right? One last thing here. You, wouldn't you think the Fed would be talking about the oil market incessantly since their idea here is we have to do something about CPIs? Well, the CPI is oil, so why don't they have, they should spend half of their meeting talking about WTI. Totally agree, Jeff, because by summer, the base effects for WTI and gasoline, again, big inputs into the CPI, PPI, are going to be deflationary. And so you, you've, you've got this exactly right. If we see builds, and I'm afraid, if we see builds in inventory over the next several months, this is a hard landing scenario. You can take away whatever preconceived notions you have, but we have serious problems. We just don't know what they are yet. We, the oil market's given us a hint, but we don't know yet. Yeah, I'd go you one better. I think that we're already in the hard landing scenario again, because when you look at the seven week period and it's near historic anyway, we're comparing to March and April 2020. That should get your attention, not the retail sales report or the payroll report. Thanks as always, Steve. Uh, stocks, yeah, I think they're useless. How about you? i say in terms of a macroeconomic indicator, absolutely. All right. Thanks a lot. We'll see you again next week. Thanks, Jeff.